All right, Rebecca, I just want to spend a few moments explaining to you perhaps what was going through my mind when I had to um, put on my coat and my hat and leave a plane that was full and about to depart, which many things were going through my head. I would just like to express some of my feelings for those of you that were not there, don't know about it, didn't realize what was going on. For whatever reason, a few of the Heiliger Bochum were not allowed onto the plane. And um, after speaking to the pilot for a few minutes, as probably you saw, I did try to persuade him or, you know, to let him, that's a group and we need to be together and these are the children and the father has to be with the children and nothing was going, it just wasn't happening. So I said, okay, fine, so I have to leave. You know, if they're going off, I'm going off. And uh, that's exactly what happened. I left the plane. Um, it, it actually was very, very hard for me. It was actually very, very hard for me for a few reasons. And I, I just want to just give over my feelings because I think there's an important lesson that we can all learn from this for ourselves, for our lives, um, for perhaps things that we go through also, I think, which is very, very beneficial for many of us. First of all, I mean, the first thing obviously that went through my head was, you know, I leave my wife and children many, many times for basically for yeshiva purposes. And here, obviously, I left them for one night, for two days, whatever. So you know, it was exciting to get back and see them. And I was going to get their supper time and be able to spend some time before they go to bed, whatever. So that wasn't going to happen, which was not very exciting for me, to say the least. You know, to have another, another night out. I don't know when the next flight was going to be. You know, no one, it was very uncertain. So that was the first thing that went through my head. But, of course, at the end of the day, the decision was very, very much based on one idea. And I, I think that idea is called a chayas, something that we've slightly spoken about a few times here, which I think I can use this as an opportunity really to speak about it a bit more and perhaps go on to something else also. And that is a, a sense of a chayas that we all have to have for all of our lives in whatever we do, in whatever situation presents itself to ourselves. And there's a chayas that sometimes the right decision, what needs to be done is not necessarily what's easy, what's kishmak, or what we want to do. But it's the right decision because of the achrayis that we take upon ourselves. Now, all of us have achrayis as a yid to act like a yid, whether it's to ourselves, whether it's to Rabbi Yishloyim, whether it's to the outside world. We have a certain achrayis. We're a yid. And by the way, you can wear whatever clothing you want. They're going to know that you're a yid. That's proven, tried and tested, right? Famous Meister, I think it was Rabbi Pesach Krohn. He was once in a German uh, hotel in the middle of Germany, minding his own business, reading a German newspaper. Like literally the most inconspicuous, like no shaykhahs, right? He's a clean shaven. It wasn't someone that someone expects to be a rabbi or anything like that. Choshviyid, very Choshviyid. I've spoken to him numerous times. But, you know, it's not someone that would strike you as, oh, he's a rabbi. And therefore, when he stood at the, when he sat in this hotel in the lobby... Big deal. Minding his own business in Germany. He wasn't exactly interested in making a scene. And there's a pianist there. He says over the story himself, there's a pianist playing, you know, they have it sometimes in hotels. Someone playing music for the Olam. It's nice, quiet, soft music. And all of a sudden, his ears pick up a very familiar tune. And that is the tune of Hava Nagila. An old Israeli song, whatever. He thinks to himself, huh? I'm in the middle of Germany. They're playing Hava Nagila. This makes no sense. There are no Jews over here. What's going on? So he puts down his newspaper, 
who looks at the pianist, and the pianist looks at him and says, yeah, this one's for you. He couldn't believe it. He's like, oh, come on. I look like a yid. The answer is you always look like a yid. Whatever you do, whatever you dress, you know, you, you look like a yid. We have an achwais. So, to me, on my personal level, my achwais was, if I have a bunch of boys who are not able to make the flight, I'm not leaving them in Romania by themselves, you know, where, you know, where there's all sorts of things that could go wrong and what are they going to do about sleeping? What are they going to do about eating? What are they going to do about the next flight and everything? So, my achrayas told me, this is what I have to do. It was extremely, extremely hard. In fact, I was half fighting back the tears because it was really hard for me to do that. I didn't want to leave the plane. I wanted to go home. I was excited to have finally a normal night's sleep, which I have not yet got yet. Hashem, tonight we'll get there. Siat But I was excited to come back. Yeshiva, then I start the next day. Everything would be good. Shachmas regular time. But again, my achrayas told me that that's not the right thing to do. And, and I think there's a very, very big side of understanding that when we make decisions, when we have to know what the right thing is to do, it's not necessarily the easiest option. It's not necessarily the option that we want to do, had planned to do. It doesn't work that way. Every single one of us on our levels have to take on some kind of a Christ for who we are, for what we've become. For what level we are on, we have an achrayas through a boyish we have an achrayas to ourselves, as yidn, as human beings, an achrayas to ourselves to respect ourselves, an achrayas to ourselves to look deep into our souls, to want to change, to become better people, to understand ourselves. That's the achrayas that we have, and that's an amazing thing. So the first thing I just want to mention is an union of achrayas, and again, it applied to me obviously on a different level, as they say. I can't remember which president of the United States said it. Maybe you'll know. One of the presidents of the United States had a sign on his desk saying, the buck stops here. In other words, what was it? In other words, this one can blame that one. That one can push it onto that one. It's like when you call someone in this country in Israel. They say, oh, it's not my fault. You've got to call them. And then you call that office and they send you to that office. Before you know it, you're going around in circles because everybody blaming somebody else. That's how it is, right? I have a leak in my house. So I called the person that, you know, helped out, you know, organizing the house and the architect, whatever you want to call her. No, it's not me, it's the builder. So I called the builder. The builder said, no, they did it wrong. They designed it wrong. And I went around in circles and I got nowhere. And that's how it is. Some people love shifting off the blame to other people. A person that takes a highest is a person that realizes I can live my whole life shifting myself, my blame to other people. It was my Rebbe, it was my parents, it was my siblings, it was my schoolmates, it was my brain, it was my ADHD, it was a million things. I can blame the world and everyone around it, but not me, because I'm good, I'm fine, right? But we have to take a chryas for ourselves and realize who we are, where we've become, and what a chryas we have as a yid to act, to speak, to do whatever needs to be done. That's number one. Point number two. And this, I believe, is a, a lesson, such a lesson. And I told the boys when I got off the plane, one of the boys says to me, Rebbe, I don't understand. Could you teach us, how do you do this? Like, how are you so calm and positive? And it was fine, whatever. They expected me to come back like, oh, you guys, I'm going to kill you. What are you going to, how can you do this to me? Because of you now, I can't have a good night's sleep and I'm sleeping on a, sleeping, I was sitting on a metal bench in the airport for hours and hours and hours. Like, get them on. Why was I not upset? I said, listen, at the end of the day, we believe, and we all believe, we all believe, 
We believe that the Rabban Shem creates the world in a way that everything is directed by the Rabban Shem. Neidig Abal Shem Tov was sitting with his Talmidim. And as he's sitting giving share, he was giving share outside as he commonly did. A leaf fell down from the tree where he was sitting and slowly made its way down and covered a few blades of grass right where the Baal Shem Tov was sitting with the Talmidim. So he stops and he says to his Talmidim, I want everyone to know that this leaf was meant to fall exactly at this moment and cover those exact blades of grass. And that was already decided from the six days of creation. Now, he, it wasn't a joke. It wasn't like some, uh, it was sick. He, he lived it. And that's what we have to do. We have to learn to live Bashkoch And when you live Bashkoch when you understand that we have no control over that, there was no reason why the pilot made the decision that he did. I can tell you that. I spoke to the pilot. I spoke to the boys. I know what was going on. I know what happened over there. There was no reason for that. There was no reason for you want to call it anti-Semitism. You can call it whatever you want. It's irrelevant, by the way. The point is, it was beyond our control. It was definitely beyond my control. There's nothing that I could have done. My wife told me this is what I need to do. So let's go and do it. So what am I going to do? I'm going to be upset? Really? I don't believe Hashem runs the world? And if Hashem runs the world, this is what he understood to see, to do the best thing for me, for everyone, at this moment of time. When you live that way, you know what that does to your life? It changes everything. It's a massive game changer. Because so many times, and the Oyel Chassidikim says this in Shara Kas, Shara of Anger. Why do people get angry? Why does a person get angry? The Rambam says it clearly. Oyel Chassidikim brings it as one in Shara Kas. A person gets angry, you know Why? Because he thinks he's in control. And the moment something happens in his life that he cannot control, he gets upset. He gets angry with someone else, with himself, whatever it is. Now, if we live with the idea, whatever Hashem does is for the good. And we also believe in the idea, there's only the Rabbi Shalom and nothing else and no one else. Then we also believe the Rabbi Nishanam, and by the way, Rabbi Rucham said this of the me and many others. When we learn to see our lives in life of Ashkocha Protis, you know what that does to our lives? You know how many times I got guys, what we I sat with, when, you know, you guys know that I sit with the boys and I, I like to find different ideas of what to work on with different people, what they specifically need for their whatever. So this is a common one that many guys like to work on, which is so beautiful. Pos- positivity. Or seeing the good. Or something similar on those lines. So I tell guys, write down, we'll speak about this maybe more after Pesach, where we give a whole thing on Ashkoch protest, but write down every single day something in your life that you saw clearly the Yad Hashem. Ashkoch protest. And it doesn't have to be some earth-shattering, you know, amazing story that makes it onto viral and every WhatsApp status. It doesn't have to be that. It can be something so small. Something tiny. Uh, just this small example, you know, you got the chef or you got the road to chef to buy a drink or whatever it is that you need and you meet someone in there and they invite you for a Friday night meal. And like, oh, that's amazing. <laughs> because I, because I went there, they met me. And because they met me, they invited me for a meal. I have a meal. That's a tiny small thing in your life, right? But it's Vashkacha Protis. If we learn to see the Ashkocha Protis in our lives and how the Rabbanishim directs us, then our life changes. Because this is no secret to anyone. Life is full of obstacles. What was the saying? Go with the punches? Fall with the punches? Roll with the punches? Very good. <laughs> you just told me a few minutes ago. Roll with the punches. In other words, yes, there are going to be challenges. Yes, there are times in life 
that don't go the way we want them to go. I did not want to spend a night sleeping or not or trying to sleep in a hotel in Romania, in an airport in Romania. It wasn't Gishmak giving a Dafiomi show in front of many going over there thinking I was giving the longest voice note they have ever seen anyone give. Like, this guy is giving such a long voice note, I feel bad, I hope the guy's doing it like plus or time four, whatever it is that you could do, right? And it's a fast Dafiomi show. The point is, that's not what I wanted. But does that mean that that's not what the Rebunsha wanted? Of course it was. So I'm going to get upset? What am I going to get upset about? Is it going to help? Is getting upset going to help the situation? Absolutely not. It's going to make me upset, me angry, the people around me angry, the people around me upset. What do we gain? Absolutely nothing. Apart from the fact that our Amunah goes down. I told the guys it's a test on, on our Amunah. That's what it is. It's a test. The bunch of wanted to test us. Why us? I don't know why me, why them. I don't know. Right? How many of the boys said the story that they weren't even meant to be in that part of the line. They went back to get a bottle of water, whatever it was, and they came back and they were there. They weren't even meant to, they were already in the plane. They came back and everything was so bashkocha protests have specifically them. And we, we have to live that way. We have to recognize this in our lives. It changes so much. It changes so much. And that's what I wanted to share with you because I think it's an important idea to remember and to recognize within our lives how much of our lives, and we sometimes don't even recognize this happens because we don't focus on it. When we write down, as I said to you before, when I get guys to write down the good that Hashem does for them, the Yad Hashem that they see in their lives, it, it shifts their mind into a mindset, a mindset of Yad Hashem, of Ashkoch Pratis. And all of a sudden, when something happens in their life, automatically it's me, okay, it's because of Hashem. You know what this could do for your life? It's an amazing thing. I told you the Misa one time. Two guys on their way to Yushalayim from Bnei Brak, right? You remember the Misa? You sure remember the Misa, right? Two guys on the way to Bnei Brak from Yushalayim, right? Two friends, Reuven and Shimon, sitting next to each other on the bus, okay? Reuven starts to close his eyes and wants to get a bit of a rest. After about two minutes, Shimon smashes him in the arm and says, Reuven, look out the window. Reuven looks out the window. Well, what's going on? He says, do you recognize this way? Shimon, I don't eat. Trying to go to sleep. What do you mean? Do I recognize this way? So Shimon says, "Ruvin, I'm telling you, the driver is an Arab. He's kidnapping all of us. He's taking us away that we don't know. I'm telling. I'm telling you." Ruvin's like, "Shimon, calm down. Fine. Leave me alone." So he goes back to sleep. A few minutes later, Shimon and knocks Ruvin in the shoulder. Says, "Shimon, Ruvin, this is ridiculous. I don't know this way. I've been to Bnei. I've been from Bnei Brak Jerusalem so many times. This is terrible. I don't know what's going to be with us. What's going to happen? He's pulling out his hair. He's mumish. He's itching. He doesn't know what to do." Ruvin says, "Calm down. He's taking us to Jerusalem. He found a new way. Maybe way. He's told him to go a different direction. Who knows? What are you?" Anyway, he said, "Ruvin says to Shimon, do me a favor, please. I need to get a rest. Like, just leave me alone. Just calm." So Shimon's sitting there biting his nails off. He doesn't know what to do, where to turn. No one wants to talk to him. No one wants to hear him. He's so nervous. He's already got the whole plan, how the army's going to save them. It's going to get in the news and his kids are going to dub him for him. It's like a whole thing already, right? All of a sudden, about five minutes before they get to Shalim, they turn off some unknown road and boom, can you it? They see it. It's like, oh, oh wow, there it is. They both get off the bus in Shalim. Okay. How do they both get off the bus? Ruven gets off the bus, very calm, a bit of shluff, relaxed, he's peaceful, he's calm, it's good, well, well rested. Shimon gets off of a nervous wreck. Yeah, he got up, but he got off of a nervous wreck. It's the Nimshel Dabba Poshet. This world is a journey. It's a journey. 
And there are times that we look out the window and we think, what's going on? What's happening? We don't understand it. So you have a choice. Do you want to get off the other end like a nervous wreck, like Shimon, where you're completely like, oh my gosh, I don't know what's going to be. What's going to happen? Why is this happening? Why is this happening? Or do you want to get off like Ruvain? And the choice is yours. Because if you understand and if you believe and if you live, that we live Bashkocha Pratis. Whatever happens to us is directed by the Melach Malchem Lochem, who's holding the strings of us and everything around us. Then we come out the other end of the journey of life with so much patience, with so much restfulness, with so much geschmack, so much calmness. A home of people that work on this is a home of happiness, of simcha, of geschmack. Whereas a home of someone that hasn't worked on this is a home of stress and a home of everything, of anxiety that goes together with that. Because it's always wondering what's going to be, what's going to happen. But I say, I just want to use this opportunity to let's try and work on it together. It's a lifelong journey. It's not simple. It's not easy. But it's something that we can accomplish. Each one, by seeing that we try, we'll want to have that dveikas that we want to have with him. But by Sidbite, the Torah tells us that we have to cling to the Rabbani Shalom, how important it is, as the Basayan says in this week's parasha, that we, as the main avoidas Hashem, this week in parashas B'Shalach, is to cling to the Rabbani Shalom, is to be desperate for that connection, that cling, that attachment to the Rabbani Shalom, to Melech Malachim And that comes by working on ourselves. We work on ourselves, ultimately we end up with a beautiful relationship, with a calmer life, less stress, Less anxiety, and the Hashem, a lot more simcha in our lives as well.